Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. If you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. So the flavor is deep and rich. You've got this lovely cooking liquid. It's a really, really easy way to make baby led weaning appropriate meat for your baby. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. Fess up. Do you have an Instant Pot that you never use? Like I was super late to getting an Instant Pot and then I didn't use it for a long time. And then I met Jenna Helwig from Real Baby Food who wrote a whole cookbook about baby led weaning recipes you can make in the Instant Pot. And it blew my mind and changed my life because literally you cannot mess anything up in the Instant Pot. So Jenna's on the podcast with me today. She's also the food editor at Real Simple. She was formerly the food editor at Parents Magazine. So she's going to talk a little bit about how, even if you're not a super huge fan of cooking, or maybe you haven't been cooking as much as you want to, she's going to show you how the Instant Pot will help change all of that, especially as you're embarking upon this new phase where you have to be preparing foods for your baby. She's going to show you some really simple recipes that work great for baby led weaning, but that the rest of the family can also enjoy using an Instant Pot. And if you don't have an Instant Pot, she's also going to talk about what a multi-cooker is and how you can use a pressure cooker or slow cooker or some different appliances that you already have in your kitchen to make some of these recipes for baby led weaning. So here we go. With no further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Jenna Helwig from Real Baby Food. Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. Now, it's been a while since we talked. We did an Instagram Live together right after your last cookbook, the multi-cooker baby food cookbook came out and it was like pre-pandemic. So just checking in to see how are you doing there in New York with all of the madness? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for asking. We are doing fine, thankfully. You know, we have a lot more family time and there's nothing wrong with that. So we're hanging in there. Are you cooking more? Or are you like over the cooking? Like, I feel like I fell back in love with cooking, but now I have fallen out of love with cooking. <laughs> Well, you know, I am one of those people that I just cook all the time, no matter what. So I know that can sound obnoxious, but it's like partially my job, right? I'm either developing things for a cookbook or I'm working on some stuff for my like day job. But also we just really love to eat. (laughs) I'm always cooking. It's necessary. So it's a good thing that you know how to cook. We're going to get into your books and talk about baby led weaning, but could you share just a little bit about your day job if you don't mind? Yes. So For about seven years, I was the food director at Parents Magazine, which was just a wonderful job that I loved. And in December, I moved over to a sister magazine called Real Simple, which people may or may not know about, but it's wonderful. So 
I'm the food director there. We do, you know, almost 20 recipes every month, a lot of really like easy dinners, but we also get to dive into some more fun cooking projects here and there. And I also get to write about deep dives into different cooking topics. Like in December, I'm writing about what's the best way to cook bacon for every bacon occasion. So it's really fun. Oh, cool. Well, we will be on the lookout for bacon. Now, a lot of our audience will be familiar with you from the other side of your professional life where you write baby-led weaning books and cookbooks. So if you guys are not familiar, Jenna's the author of a number of books, including Baby-Led Feeding, And then her most recent book, which is the Multi-Cooker Baby Food Cookbook. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about kind of fast and slow and how to use your Instant Pot or Multi-Cooker to make food for baby led weaning. But Jenna also has a ton of other great resources for feeding all sorts of food safely to babies. And I'll go ahead and link to all of her books and resources in the show notes for this episode. But if we can, to talk about the Instant Pot real quick, your book is called the Multi-Cooker Baby Food Cookbook. But... I just call it an Instant Pot. I mean, I'm sure for branding reasons, you didn't title that. Is there a difference between an Instant Pot and a multi-cooker or what is a multi-cooker? Such good question. By the way, I also just call it an Instant Pot. So that's fine. We can just call it an Instant Pot. But yes, so multi-cooker is really the generic name basically for Instant Pot. Instant Pot is the brand name, but there are other companies that make very similar appliances. So these are the appliances that you know do the pressure cooking, which is what we use it for the most, but also they can have slow cooker functions and rice and yogurt. And so they have all these kind of multi-cooking options, but Instant Pot is by far the most popular. Okay. And so I personally was a late adopter to the Instant Pot craze. I suffer from that. I'm of that era that's like scared of pressure cookers. Like I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Nepal after college. And in Nepal, they cook doll lentils for everything. And we always used a pressure cooker, but there was, was, I was there during a period of civil war and they would use a pressure cooker to make bombs. And like, I just remember like, they made bombs out of this. Like, should I really have it in my <laughs> kitchen? And I know you cannot blow up your house with an Instant Pot, but I just still have in the back of my head, like sometimes pressure cooking is hard for me. So, and I know I'm not the only one, but for parents who are out there, they're just starting out, maybe learning how to cook. We have a lot of moms who are like, I got an Instant Pot for my wedding and it's still in the box. Could you just give us an idea of what kinds of foods you can make in an Instant Pot or a multi-cooker, especially for babies? Yes, absolutely. And I will just say, first of all, that they really are fail-safe and foolproof these days. Some of the old ones, I I know there've been horror stories about them, but these are engineered so beautifully that there's just really no way that they could overheat or have an accident, anything like that. So they're super, super, super safe. You can cook in a pressure. So I use the pressure cooking function mostly for in my Instant Pot. And what that means is that it's kind of a wet heat inside the pot. The pot seals and it gets super, 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 super hot inside the pot. And that means it can cook things that take a long time in a shorter time. So it's really good at things like beans and lentils, tough cuts of meat. Anything that would take a long time to cook regularly, you can do faster in the Instant Pot. Those are the things that take a long time to cook, which it's great for. But it also, you can still cook things that don't take that long. Like you can cook a chicken breast in there. Meatballs are one of my favorite things to cook in the Instant Pot. In under pressure? They don't explode? No, it's a miracle. And they take just a few minutes. And that's perfect for baby lead weaning. And, you know, and meat, again, you can shred that. You can do vegetables to make finger foods. And also just a lot of really great soups and stews that double as family meals. Okay, can we talk for a second about meat? Because meat is, hands down, the hardest category of foods for parents to wrap their heads around with baby lead weaning. Like, And we always teach them, you know, you can start off offering soft cook strips of meat to babies who are doing baby lead weaning around six months of age. And 
Now, granted, there's not a lot of chewing and swallowing happening at that point, but they still get that texture and flavor and taste experience, plus some iron transfer even from just sucking. So can you share with us some ideas of meats that you can make for baby led weaning in the Instant Pot? Absolutely. So I really like starting with stew meat. That could be beef or pork or lamb because they do have a little bit of fat in them and that helps keep the meat moist. If it's too, too lean, it can sometimes just get a little bit dry. However, the Instant Pot is pretty good at keeping things from getting dry. So, you know, you have a little more leeway. But I love starting with the stew meat. You just add a little bit of water and then cook it under pressure for about a half an hour. And then really, that's all you have to do. And then you can just shred it with forks or your fingers. So the flavor is deep and rich. You've got this lovely cooking liquid. It's a really, really easy way to make baby led weaning appropriate meat for your baby. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. And I think it's wonderful too, because you can end up using some of the cheaper cuts of meat. Cause I know sometimes certain proteins can be a little bit more on the expensive side, but the stew meats, because they tend to be tougher, they actually end up being a little bit more affordable. I think if you're doing them under pressure compared to some other cuts, is that correct? Absolutely. And you can also make them in a larger batch, which is great. And so you could have some throughout the week. You could even freeze some in the cooking liquid. So that's another way to make a little bit last longer. I'm surprised to hear you say you use the pressure function the most often. Like I find myself using the pressure function when I literally forgot to use the slow cooker function. Like if I forgot to make, put something on in the morning, I'm like, okay, for a lot of recipes, you can actually adapt it to use pressure. I know not for everyone, but I'm definitely gonna have to look into the meatballs because I sometimes am like, oh, I don't have enough time to make meatballs. But if I can do it under pressure, then that would take less time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So can I tell you a secret? I don't actually use the slow cooker function on the Instant Pot. What? Which I know is maybe controversial. So I have a separate slow cooker and I do find that that, I don't love the slow cooker function on the Instant Pot. Why? Like, how can you tell? Yeah. I, I just don't feel like it cooks as evenly. I really feel like the Instant Pot is for pressure cooking. I know it's not just but I feel like the low setting on the Instant Pot for the pressure cooker is bogus. Like why even have it? It never cooks anything. I know. You know what? I use it occasionally for fish, like things that are more delicate, but I agree. It's like, I just want the high pressure. I want it to be, you know, in and out. So uh, that's always my go-to. Okay. I know another function that you're obsessed with because I learned this from you is the yogurt making option. I'd heard you could make yogurt in the Instant Pot. I bought myself a fancy one like on Prime Day or something a few years ago. I failed like 10 times to make yogurt and I was like, this is dumb, but I have seven kids and yogurt can be really expensive. So I was like, if I could learn how to make it, it would be cheaper. But then I started, when your cookbook came out, I followed to the T, how you make yogurt in the Instant Pot. It changed my life. Can you please share with our audience and change their lives about how they can make yogurt (laughs) in their Instant Pot? 
Absolutely. This changed my life too. Look, I don't make my own yogurt every week, but I do a lot. And it really is a game changer because it can save money and you just know exactly what's in it. So the thing about making yogurt is it takes time. It's not quick, but it is very simple. So there are just a few steps. The first thing you do is you you know, just pour like your regular whole milk, because that's what we want to give babies, right? Whole milk into the Instant Pot and to sterilize it. So that you're just for like about a half an hour, you're putting it at a, you know, about 110-ish degrees or so, or a little bit higher than that. No, sorry, about 110. That's just to clean the milk sort of, right? You don't want to have any bacteria left in it, anything like that. And then you stir in some of your own favorite yogurt, like a plain yogurt that you love, because it's going to have a similar flavor. So you stir that in and then you put it back in the Instant Pot and it incubates, which means it just like is warm and it gives the yogurt a chance to kind of ferment, the milk to ferment and it becomes yogurt. It's really like this miracle process. It takes about eight hours, but you're not doing anything with it. You can walk away, you can go somewhere else. And then when you're done, if you want Greek yogurt, you strain it. And that is really it. You know, every machine is a little bit different, but they're very simple directions to follow no matter what you have. And the results are truly delicious. It's like thick and creamy and yummy. It's, it's one of my favorite Instant Pot discoveries too. And again, it's so much more affordable yes. because it does add up if you're using a lot of it. And parents are oftentimes confused about yogurt. I like the point that you make that you know exactly what's in it because the point of why we do whole milk, plain, full fat yogurt for babies is because then there's no added sugar. And if you make it at home, you know there's nothing in it. But I actually didn't know that about the first step was like for sterilizing. And I'm confused, like if you're already buying pasteurized milk at the store, do you really need to do that stuff? I mean, I just followed your instructions to the T and it worked, so I'll believe you. But do you need to do that if it's already pasteurized milk? You know, that's a great question, but you do. Okay. (laughs) Because you never know exactly what happens since it was pasteurized. I mean, it's probably fine, but it's one of those better safe than sorry situations. And it works, guys. Just follow her steps in the recipe because I feel like I looked it up on like blogs and then I don't know. I love all your recipes because I know you've tested them out, like coming from the food world and just having the whole editorial process of making recipes. I always encourage parents, just buy Jenna's books and then follow the recipes. And even if you don't consider yourself a great cook, like for a lot of parents, it's actually the first cookbook that they've ever bought and used are your cookbooks because it's the first time they really ever worried about or had to be concerned about making food for other people besides themselves is when they start feeding their babies. I think that is absolutely true. In fact, I often talk about making baby food as kind of like, the gateway to cooking for a lot of people because that's exactly right. That you know, before you go out, do whatever, but then you really want to cook for your family. And so it's a good place to start. And I always hope that parents then continue to cook. That's always my greatest hope is that, you know, you start cooking for your baby and then you continue cooking for your family. And if you guys are just learning about baby led weaning or getting started with solids, Jenna's book called Baby Led Feeding, it came out in 2018. It's fabulous because it gives you a background of baby led weaning, some of the important high level concepts about how to do it safely. But then there's also recipes in there for simple starter foods if you want to just get started. And then her slow cooker cookbook or the multi-cooker cookbook, it's all recipes, but it has lots of different food categories like we've been talking about meat and yogurt. And I want to ask you next, Jenna, about soups and stews because I know personally I tend to like use my Instant Pot more frequently in the fall and winter or the colder months. Mm -hmm. And it does work so well for soups and stews because you can literally like set it and forget it. So Can you share what sort of recipes that you use to offer babies soups and stews that you can make in the multi-cooker or instant pot? Absolutely. One of my favorites in this book is a um, black bean and sweet potato stew. So beans are one of those things that's so great in the instant pot because you can cook dried beans and you don't have to soak them first. Such a miracle, right? You don't have to plan ahead. It's like, finally, you can bake 
you know, beans from dried, also more economical. There's no salt in them. So it's a great, great option when you're feeding babies. So I love that one, black bean and sweet potato stew. It's, you know, um, got a little oregano in there, a little cumin, um, a little bit of onion. So it's a great way to really offer your baby some deep flavor and tons of nutrition. And I love that you do include seasonings and spices in your recipes. We had um, Conchin Koya from Chief Spice Mama on the podcast recently, and she has a whole book about Spice Spice Baby, like seasoning baby foods. And so many parents were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could add cumin or paprika and Babies don't have to eat bland food. I love your lamb stew recipe. That's one of my favorites because lamb is one of the first foods I do in my 100 First Foods program. And doing a stew like this where it's nice and soft and slow roasted, if you're using low sodium or no sodium broth, it's perfectly acceptable for babies. And Jenna's recipes do make all the appropriate accommodations for salt and sugar. And to be honest, there's a lot of other baby led weaning cookbook authors like, I want to come on the podcast. It's like, but a lot of their recipes will have added salt or added sugar and it's just not appropriate for babies. So I do want to just let the listeners know that all of her recipes, she writes her books in conjunction with a dietitian. They've done the nutrient analysis. They don't have added sugar and added salt. You could always add that for yourself, which I kind of do with some of the stew recipes. I'll add salt back later after I take out the baby portion. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, in the family meals chapter, which is the last chapter of the book, you know, there is salt in the ingredient list, but it's always listed as optional. So if you're cooking primarily for your baby or your baby's going to eat along, skip it. And then you can always just add some at the table. But if you are still using these recipes later when your baby's not a baby anymore, then you have the proper measurement. Yeah. It's even if you looked at the recipes in the recipe book, you'd be like, this is for babies. It's not specifically for babies because it does include a variety of different foods that babies can eat, but thankfully the rest of the family can enjoy as well. Oh, and I was thinking of you the other day because I never knew what what do you call it? The sling that goes in the Instant Pot? Can you just talk about the sling, I guess? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's called a silicone sling. I use the one that OXO makes, but I'm sure there are others. And it's a silicone, oh gosh, I'm trying to describe it. This is audio. Anyway, you can put a dish on it, like a big ramekin that you're going to make bread in, or you're going to make frittata in and lower it down into the Instant Pot on this sling. Because imagine if you had a large bowl or ramekin inside the Instant Pot when it was done cooking, man, it's really hot in there and it would be impossible to get it out. So the sling makes it really easy to lift, you know, bowls or ramekins in and out of the Instant Pot. So I couldn't find my sling. I ordered one after I started like learning about it from you. Then I couldn't find it the other day. So I used my, like I have a silicone strainer that's kind of like presses flat down. I think it's at like Joseph Joseph brand or something, but it was all silicone. So I used it for the same purpose. I forget what I was doing. It was one of your recipes that said to use the sling. So I feel like even if it was silicone, it worked fine, but it was supposed to be like a colander, but it kind of had the same concept, which is basically to like elevate it off the heating element, right? In the bottom of the pot. Is that what the sling essentially does? Well, it can, but the real key is the lifting in and out. Um, Because you could always use the rack that comes with the Instant Pot to elevate it if you needed it to. Like you could put the dish on the rack that comes with the Instant Pot. And I was just going to say, I love, I love these clever hacks like that one. That's so cool. You can also just use like heavy duty aluminum foil and make a kind of sling out of that and put the dish in the foil and use the foil to lift up and down if you don't have a sling or on the fence about it. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation. 
and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, who's romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking accident or murder. But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what are the kind of recipes that you're making where you lift it in and out that you think the sling works best for? Like I know they're throughout the cookbook, but... Yeah. So one that to me was such a revelation when I was you know, working on this book was um, a banana bread, a blueberry banana bread. So you can actually make bread in the Instant Pot, which is kind of mind-blowing to me, um, or at least it was. So you want like a kind of a bowl that will fit inside and you just bake it right inside that bowl. And so that's one where the bowl is going to be so hot, you can't actually fit potholdered hands in there to lift the bowl out. So the sling works for that. Also to make frittatas inside the Instant Pot, which is Another fun option, eggs are so great for babies, you know, so much protein and healthy fats. And this is another good baby led weaning recipe is frittata. You can cut it into small cubes. And so I've made, I have a few recipes for those in the book and they all use the sling. Okay. What are some things that you can make in an Instant Pot for your baby that most parents aren't aware of that you could use the Instant Pot for? Okay. Well, meatballs for one. And I know we talked about that briefly and we could talk about that a little more. I find that they're so adaptable. You can put almost any seasonings in. You can use chicken, you can use beef, you can use lamb. It's really, you can, if you know how to make a basic meatball in the Instant Pot, you could probably make 10 different meatballs in the Instant Pot. Do you brown them first somewhere else though? Or do you brown them in the Instant Pot using like the browning function? So you can brown them in the Instant Pot. I wouldn't do it anywhere else. I feel like, what's the point? You can do it in there just on saute. Yeah. It just makes extra dishes and more mess. Exactly. However, I will also say, don't even have to. <laughs> like, like babies don't know like, oh, that meatball wasn't browned. Like they don't care. Right. Yes. Like it does add extra flavor. It's true. And so like if I were making a family meal, I would want to do that. But if you're in a hurry and you're like, I just need my baby to have some meatballs, you don't have to brown them. I love this because I hate making meatballs because it either... I use a roasting pan, which I technically view as two dishes and it makes a mess. Or I make them on the stovetop so the oil splatters and that makes a mess. Like you could put them in an Instant Pot and not make a mess and have meatballs. This is- And so tender. Mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I also do like making some vegetables in the Instant Pot. You know, there's a ratatouille recipe in here that I think is so great for babies because, you know, you use kind of these end of summer, early fall vegetables, the eggplants and some zucchini and, and it cooks in under a half an hour. Like super fast, including the coming up to pressure and everything. And you get such great flavor and color in that one dish. And I don't think that's something that most people would think of to use their Instant Pot for. And I know you have a pumpkin oats recipe in there too. I don't know that a lot of people realize you can make oats in the Instant Pot. So you can make steel cut oats in the Instant Pot. And so those are the real like whole, whole grain version, right? 
before they've been even a little further processed into rolled oats. And they have such a like hearty, nutty flavor and texture. And um, you, that's another one that you can put all sorts of different flavors into, like the pumpkin oats. You just stir in some of pumpkin puree. There's also a savory oats recipe in this book that I actually just made the other day for my family, where it's almost got like an Asian twist to it. So they're not sweet and you can add a little ginger and a little bit of garlic and some broth. Then I like to put an egg on it, but there are lots of options with it. I like to think about oats just as a whole grain, not necessarily breakfast food, if that makes sense. I know. I think you blew my mind the first time that you told me to put olive oil in my oatmeal. I was like, oh my gosh, why haven't I been doing this? This is amazing. And a little sea salt. That's my uh, thing. (laughs) And you can also do, you're mentioning vegetables. I'm not a big fan of beets, but I know they are a food that take a long time to make. And I would just rather buy them canned or already prepared. But I know a lot of people do make beets. And I just, I saw a mom who tagged me in something the other day. She had made your beet hummus in the Instant Pot. I think that's a really cool way to introduce your baby to a really unique flavor, which is beets, which sometimes take a really long time to make as well. Yes, absolutely. They sure do. I mean, whether you're roasting them or steaming them, but in the Instant Pot, they take less than 20 minutes. Yeah. And if you don't do it all the way, it's like you can't even serve it to the baby if it's not safe. So just take the shortcut, which is really the long cut sometimes. But okay. (laughs) Eggs, another one. Hard-boiled eggs I make in my Instant Pot all the time because you cannot mess it up. It's like perfect hard-boiled eggs every time. Yes. Absolutely. And what else is great about that is that you can make a lot of them at one time. So if you've got, you know, a bigger family or, you know, you're going to eat eggs every day. I mean, you literally could put like up to 20 eggs in there if you wanted to. So good for, you know, brunch also. So you just add a cup of water to the Instant Pot. And that's, you know, across a lot of these recipes, there needs to be some liquid in the pot. So whether it's a half cup or cup, this recipe is a cup. Then you add the rack that came with the multi-cooker into the pot and then put the eggs on top of the rack. You lock the lid and cook it on high pressure for eight minutes. When it's done, you just hit cancel and release the pressure. Add the eggs into a bowl of ice water to help stop the cooking immediately. And that's it. That's it. I mean, there's really, there's no babysitting. And then pro tip, peel them under running water. I cannot peel an egg if it's not under running water. I used to hate making them until I realized that, oh my gosh, they peel so much better if they're under the running water. It totally helps. Also, if your eggs are about a week old, that makes such a big difference. And I know they always say to leave them on the counter, but I can't, I, mean, I, I know they do it in Europe. I can't bring myself to leave the eggs on the counter. It's just a cultural thing, I think, but they still turn out great. And hard boiled eggs are a fantastic texture for babies to try. You're getting the protein, of course, which is the potentially allergenic food. You're getting the yolk where the iron and all the minerals are. You're getting that unique rubbery texture and the mealy texture of hard boiled cooked egg yolks. Like there's so many good things going on about hard boiled eggs for babies. Absolutely. And they're delicious. Okay. What is your favorite recipe from the Instant Pot Cookbook? Okay. My favorite recipe. I'm actually looking to see. I think it's the last recipe in the book. Oh my gosh. All right. So the name of it is beans, greens, and pasta. And it's a mix of like little diddlini pasta, like those little tiny tubes, some cannellini beans and broccoli rob, which is a very big flavored vegetable. But you cook it all together in the Instant Pot and it becomes this kind of like lovely, cozy, soupy stew thing. And I just love the flavors. Add some Parmesan cheese. I'll add some, you know, all more olive oil on top. And it's just, it's something that I make probably once a month for my family. So I love it. Okay. Tell us for people listening who want to go get the books, learn more about your work and your resources, where can they go to find all of your materials? So you can go to my website, which is jennahelwig.com slash books. And all the information about my books are there. 
Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Real Baby Food. That's R E A L Baby Food. That's the name of my first uh, baby food cookbook. And I post a lot there, and you can see information about the book. There's also actually one of my my highlight story highlights there is how to make yogurt. So if you're interested in getting a step by step video version of the how to make yogurt, it's out there on Instagram. And I'm sorry that I tag you like once a week, but I'm always making your whole chicken recipe in the Instant Pot. And then so many other moms are like, okay, I didn't really realize how easy it is to do it in the Instant Pot until I saw Jenna's recipe. So that's one of my absolute favorite ones. And it's so, so, so simple. So if you're using your Instant Pot as like a gateway to cooking, your gateway meek can be the whole chicken recipe and always tag Jenna at Real Baby Food because she has got great feedback for you because sometimes I'm doing it a little bit wrong or she always reshares great content about baby led weaning as well on Instagram. So I'll go ahead and link to everything that Jenna's mentioning in the show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com. And Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about the Instant Pot, which I think sometimes is really underutilized in our kitchens as far as preparing foods for baby led weaning. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Katie. 